bells, jingle bells, podcast intro song. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Monsters Never Die, this time for our holiday horror series. Uh, I'm your co-host, Matt Curione, editor-at-large over at Talk Film Society, and join me on this spooky Christmas tree hunting mission of ours is... Jacob DeNoble. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> that was an interesting intro, now wasn't it? It was. You got to sing this time. <laughs> I did. I never get to sing, because I'm not very good at it. Uh, happy holidays. Merry Christmas, Jacob. How the hell are you? I'm doing great. My lights are off, except for my Christmas lights, which are on. My Christmas Same. tree is glowing right at me, like a few feet away from where I am. I got my stockings hung by the DVDs with care. <laughs> and I'm really excited to be here talking with you tonight, and I'm really excited for the holiday season. Feeling it, festive. It's fun. I've been, you know, uh, sending out gifts to people, uh, sometimes unbeknownst to them. Which, You're uh, the only person I've bought a gift for so far this entire year. <laughs> oh, bless. This is, this is wonderful. <laughs> I gotta give my mom something. This is true. I gotta give my parents something, too. Jesus. Uh, I think my dad's getting Ad Astra. He doesn't listen to the show, so it's fine. Uh, <laughs> Last year, my mom got Hugh Jackman tickets, and I don't know how to top that. Like, Nice, nice. I, I feel like I should get a year off for that. Yeah, no, you're for good, good for behavior. Like, You're good for a while. You're good. You're good. You're, you're the good son, except not the kind that's evil and murders. Uh, yeah, she, she never tried to drop me off a cliff. No, nah, he can't see without his glasses, you know. Is that totally, a Christmas movie? That feels like that I'm, should be it, Christmas. I'm totally mixing... Macaulay Culkin films from the late 90s. It's fine. It's fine. I definitely didn't just watch Pagemaster for the first time. Anyway, that's not a monster movie either. Yeah, we're way off course. (laughs) Way off course. Uh, Holiday horror. Uh, It's not something people usually think of uh, when, you know, this season rolls around. But guess what? There's a lot of fun ones. Mm Mm-hmm. There's so many fun ones. We're going to be doing two episodes for you this year. Two episodes. Uh, This first episode is going to be Christmas Time Monsters. Mm-hmm. And next uh, episode, we're going to be talking about Christmas slashers. Uh, so exciting. To, co- to coincide with the release of the new Black Christmas, which uh, you're going to go see that, right? Oh, definitely. After I see it, I will have seen every Black Christmas in theaters. I was like wow. the one person who saw the 2006 one when it came I, out. I'm actually looking forward to revisiting that one because uh, I've only seen it once and I was not a big fan. But a lot of people that I know really like it. So maybe my tastes have changed since 2006 or seven. whenever I saw that. I will save my thoughts for the show. Cool. But I do like the original, and we'll be discussing that uh, next week as well. Uh, so, Jacob, what do you like to do when you go outside in the snow? What, what do you do? Oh, you know, I like to make a snow angel occasionally. Mm-hmm. I like to uh, pelt my uh, neighbors with some snowballs. But the thing I like to do most is get some giant mounds together and make myself a nice creepy snowman i like to do that i like to make a snowman but i also like to mix it with a serial killer and some experimental acid (laughs) yeah that brings brings us to our first movie 1997's jack frost uh basically uh the killer snowman uh not the rip-off michael keaton version (laughs) that came out a year later okay matt i I'm going to stop you there. It cannot possibly be considered a ripoff. In my house, it is, because <laughs> I rented Jack Frost so many times from uh, the local Blockbuster and this place called Easy Video uh, that they might as well just have given me the copy. Uh, <laughs> I rented Jack Frost a lot back in the day. And then when I was at the movies one day, I saw a trailer for a movie called Jack Frost. And I was like, 
they're making another one? And it turned out to be not that. It was like a Michael Keaton family drama comedy where the dad dies and turns into a snowman. Uh, not as fun. Uh, I still haven't seen it. Oh, it's but, very bad. But, yeah, that's what I hear. But I still haven't seen it because I still consider it a knockoff <laughs> of the serial killer snowman movie. Uh, which I, I don't think that the Michael Keaton version, as much as I love him, could top this. Have you uh, ever uh, read the Roger Ebert review of that Jack Frost? No, I haven't. There is a line from it I have memorized because it brings me so much joy. And he says about titular Jack Frost, <laughs> To see the snowman is to hate the snowman. <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful. Uh, he goes on a rant about, for like three paragraphs, about how this is the most disgusting creation to special see the snowman ever created. To hate the snowman. Oh my god. Uh, so this, was, this came out in 1997, uh, direct-to-video, mm-hmm. obviously. Uh, it was directed by Michael Cooney, uh, who also wrote it. Uh, he also wrote uh, that James Mangold film from 2003 called Identity. Which I'm a big fan of. Oh, yeah, I remember that. That was uh, one of my first Netflix Netflix discs that we got. Nice. Yeah, that's that's a cool movie. Uh, I like the cast here. I really like the cast. I like uh, the guy who plays the sheriff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really like the guy. Uh, his name is F. William Parker. He, he runs the local uh, hardware store. Oh, yes. Great, great character actor. He's always been in a lot of good things. Uh, listeners probably know him from things like... Um, Lost Highway, he was in that. Uh, Jennifer Lopez, uh, the the wedding planner, he was in that. Yeah. yeah. Episode he, of a, The Golden Girls. Yes, he's had a varied career. Now, this movie, uh, the local sheriff, he one day accidentally caught a serial killer, and that serial killer is on his way to death row, right? Mm-hmm. And he gets into a car accident inside the, the transport vehicle with a... Another tank with a tanker truck that's carrying an experimental acid that, for some reason, mixes human DNA with whatever it touches. So, this killer named Jack Frost merges with snow and becomes a killer snowman. This is like a Batman villain level name gimmick Mm -hmm. coincidence. Yes, uh... Yeah, except Batman villains never had such a weird origin. This is more of like a Flash villain. Or, <laughs> That's a or good like point. a Green Arrow villain. Like, very C-grade, very whatever. Um, had you ever seen this before? I had never seen this before. I had oh, always boy. kind of admired the uh, the VHS cover as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, I was not a huge horror kid, though. Um, okay. That didn't really get into me until I was like 11 or 12. And... Uh, I, I kind of jumped in with both feet, and so Jack Frost just never kind of hit that the right sweet spot for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is my first time watching it, and I, I liked it a lot more than I was expecting to. Um, sometimes I... It depends on how knowingly, like, winky these kinds of movies get. I, I, I get can, that, yeah. I can find them a little annoying if they're a little too cloying about it, but this seemed to really ride the good line between just, like, actually being funny... And not thinking that it's being funny. Yes. And, uh, yeah, no, I think I think this is a, a minor classic that could have been a major classic if the snowman looked even, like, 10% better than it does. Yeah, I mean, it's, this movie was clearly made for, like, $25. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I kind of really like that the low budget, like, is just there in your face. Yeah. Like, I remember, even as a kid, laughing when uh, there's one kill in here where... 
he attacks a woman and shoves her face in a box of Christmas ornaments. Mm-hmm. And you just see this giant white mitten. Yeah. Just, just like <laughs> rubbing her head in there. I watched this last night and I was cackling at that, at that kill. Uh, yeah. Really, really fun stuff. I mean, this movie is just as fun and dumb as I remember it being. Uh, I'm actually looking forward to revisiting the second one, which came out in 2000, also straight to video. It was called uh, Jack Frost 2, Revenge of the Mutant Killer Snowman. And I think it takes place in, like, either Hawaii or the Bahamas, because that makes sense for a place <laughs> right, where a snowman a would be. And in that one, he has, like, little snowballs that he throws, with, and they have, like, mouths, like kind of like the Phantasm Ball. Okay. I it's, I was really impressed with the different amount of ways that this guy was able to kill people as a snowman. I thought they, yes. there was some cleverness to that. I like that yes. he could, like, protrude icicles out of himself while he that hugged was cool. you. That was cool. He could melt himself into your bath water and then kill you that way, or... He did a lot of fun stuff. I was really impressed with... There's a lot of creativity behind The Snowman. It's it's a clever movie. It's a clever way to make a killer snowman movie in the outskirts of Los Angeles when it's 85 degrees and you don't have any snow available. To see this snowman (laughs) is to like this snowman. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Unlike the Michael Keaton version. Yes. My, um, my, I, I just want to share my favorite. The biggest laugh I had of this movie was just an obviously ADR line that they just, I guess, thought of a funny joke after they had filmed it. It's, so it's after the first kill in the movie is a, uh, a bully wants to I don't go, like that kid. <laughs> he wants his to dad, go his dad sledding. Sucks too. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the snowman pushes him over just as his friend starts to sled on one of yes. those rudder sleds. And he gets his head cut off. <laughs> which is good. And so then when the cops and everybody are coming and talking to him and uh, the, the parents of the now dead bully are yelling at the sheriff and about their kid having killed him. And the sheriff goes, well, if they got into a fight, like... They weren't. They couldn't have been fighting that much. Your son's got two feet on my son, and there's yes. an ADR line where someone just yells, "Not anymore, he ain't." Yeah, <laughs> I heard that. It was great. So funny. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like I said before, the supporting cast is great. Uh, I like the guy that plays the local priest. Mm-hmm. Uh, listeners will know him as he, I don't know the actor's name, but he is uh, Smitty on Will and Grace. He's oh. like the old bartender who. Uh, gives booze to Karen and uh he's very very funny. I uh, really like him here. This is this it's I wouldn't say it's a great movie. No. It's good. It's yeah, good. It's fun. It's, I am going to add it to my uh my list of holiday favorites to watch. Yeah, I, it's it's a good time. I can't wait for my uh Blu-ray to come in the mail. I ordered it from Vinegar Syndrome and if that order ever arrives, that would be great. That'd be fun. A uh, little side note, little side tangent. Uh, I ordered a whole bunch of stuff from them on Black Friday, and uh, it's in Tennessee for some reason right well, now. Yeah, no. And uh, that's because, you know, when something's coming from Connecticut, it should overshoot the entire state of New Jersey, go straight to Georgia, and then go west to Tennessee. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's it's like a last ride for it. Sure, okay. It could be like a Toy Story situation, you don't know. That's great. I want to watch Jack Frost and Dolomite. Like, what What the hell? Um, also, I just want to mention, so apparently this movie originally was going to be directed by Rennie Harlan, oh. which would have been wild. That would have been fun. Yeah. he. Um, apparently Gina Davis talked him out of doing it. Oh, God. So they is, were still together. Okay. Yeah, yeah. This was uh, just pre-Cutthroat um, Island, because Jack was Frost probably like, took a long time to come out. She was like, honey, no, please. <laughs> 
But I think if he had had more of a budget, uh, like his kind of brand of lunacy, mm-hmm. like oh yeah, because this would have been like Long Kiss Goodnight era Rennie Harlan. Okay, and now there's a Christmas movie that is I a should horror s- movie. I should see that movie. Yes, you should, Matt. I heard it's good. It's great. I mean, I like but... Shane Black, so I might as well. So that's all on Jack Frost. Okay. Let's talk about elves. Yeah, let's talk about elves. From 1989, directed by <laughs> Jeffrey Mandel, the director of RoboChick. Um, <laughs> it's so, a movie I watched, and I didn't like it. I, so I, I I will take the, the blame on this. I 100% made Matt watch this movie. Um, uh, I like Grizzly Adams. Yeah, so it's very Grizzly good Adams. Old uh, Dan Haggerty. And um, so his name right on the poster there too, like yeah, like, like people know who that is. I mean the fuck the poster is so poster great and does not sell what this movie actually is even no remotely. it doesn't. So I first saw Elves. I had picked up a bootleg DVD of this at a horror convention based <laughs> solely on this cover. The poster, which, yeah, yeah. Somebody had you know just printed off the the poster and of course slapped a JPEG on a bootleg <laughs> DVD <laughs> as you do. And um, so I watched it with some friends that Christmas, and for whatever reason, it has become a holiday tradition for us. So every year on the 23rd, we we get together, we drink root beer, and we watch Elves, which is just okay, like so our little wholesome tradition. You and your friends watch Elves, me and my friends watch the Festivus episode of Seinfeld. Got it. Okay, you know, <laughs> we all have our things. We uh, we once tried to do a Festivus party, and it ended in disaster when we all took the uh, airing of grievances a little too seriously. And mm-hmm. then hurt each that happened feelings. at... That happened at one of my Festivus parties. Uh, we don't do that anymore. Yeah, not a healthy thing to do. No. You should all just watch Elves instead. And the feats of strength are embarrassing. Uh. <laughs> so um, so if you haven't seen Elves, I think the main selling point of Elves is just watching where this plot goes. So by giving you a plot synopsis, I am both spoiling all of the enjoyment you could possibly get out of it. And also freeing you from ever having to watch Elves. So, I'm sorry, <laughs> slash, you're welcome. There you go. Thank you. So, the logline of Elves is a very reasonable, low-budget Christmas horror movie premise. Mm. Which is three girls break into a mall overnight to have, like, a sexy party with their boyfriends. Chopping mall, yes. Yes. And uh, there they are stalked by a killer elf. And they are protected by an alcoholic ex-cop. Mall Santa, played by Grizzly Adams. Yes. That is exactly as much movie as you need for 90 minutes. Like, that would have been a perfect, little low-budget, one-location kind of thing. This movie does not do that at all, and that's over within, like, 20 minutes of it being introduced. Yeah. And that happens, like, 40 minutes in. Yeah. (laughs) So, the elf has no relationship to Santa, really. No. Uh, even though it's an arm coming out of a giant Christmas present on the on the cover. And uh, instead, the elves are a Nazi eugenics experiment. Jesus Christ. <laughs> to create a race of half-elf, half-human super people oh to God. take over the world. And <sighs> so our lead actresses, uh, our lead character's grandfather... Is are the actresses... Is an ex-Nazi. It's a loose term. Slash current Nazi. He's still a Nazi. Uh, he has an over-the-top German accent, so you know he's a Nazi. Oh, he's total Nazi. Yes, and uh, so he was very involved with this elf eugenics experiment. Jesus. And then, so the big twist halfway through the movie is uh, that what it, did you 
Did you have a reaction to this twist? Because I remember thinking, I mean, it, it's a Buck Wild moment. Everyone told me it was coming. Oh, okay. I had well, heard about it. So, <laughs> so halfway just, through I the movie, I basically just rolled um, my eyes and like was like, "Yeah, we're doing this now." Okay. So it's revealed that her grandfather impregnated her mother with her to create Ugh. the perfect receptacle for the elf genetic material which can only be passed on christmas eve for some reason of course yeah um nazis love christmas apparently this is extremely problematic but also just wild enough that i don't know i I find it kind of appealing and the the performance of her mother is like completely unhinged which you know reasonably so after she was assaulted by her nazi father but it's just, it's a wild movie. The elf looks exactly like the Green Goblin mask from Spider-Man to My the God, point it where does, yes. it does not move either. It's just <laughs> a stationary face on an elf puppet. Uh, it's a mean-spirited movie, but yeah. Dan Haggerty does a great performance where he, like, half whispers all of his lines for no yeah, reason. Yeah, it's like really, He's it's just so enchanting. chill. It's enchanting. Like, hey, man, what are you doing? It's just the mills around here. He's like, I just need a job. I just, <laughs> I just, I just want a cup of coffee and a job. Yeah. So, so that's elves. I don't know. I try not to drink anymore, man. I just, I need a job. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you you tuned out pretty early on this one, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I tuned out about fifteen, not even fifteen minutes in, and then it became background noise. I just stopped paying attention. Yeah. The uh, the mother uh, uh, kills the cat. Which in is, a brutal fashion. Yeah, she drowns it in the toilet. Like if they had done it <laughs> off screen, I would have been fine, and I would have like kept paying attention. Yeah, but like uh, no, I'm good, and I don't even like cats. That's the thing. I'm not a cat person. Huh. In the least, I'm never allowed to have a cat when I was a kid. I always had dogs. Just, but this was mean. Yeah, it's it's got that weird '80s movie thing where the little brother is like really horny, even at his like teenage sister all the time. He's like, and it's weird. Hey, bodacious boobies, sis. It's like, and she's like, you're gross. <laughs> He's got a sweet Ninja Turtle pajama set on, which though. I mean, I guess is like foreshadowing for the incest that would come later. But still, come on. I, yeah, I guess I don't think they thought about it that. Way. No, they definitely didn't think about anything that happened in this movie. Good Lord. Uh, I love the um, the the elf expert that they uh, they talk to later in the movie. He yeah. He breaks into this family Christmas Eve dinner, and he's like, get out of my house. And he's like, oh, I just have one question for you. He's like, okay, one question. He's like, tell me what you know about elves. And he's like, God, all right, well, well I have to answer. Here's what I know. And then they talk about how elves are, like, biblical creatures and how, like, when sure. Noah brought the little crawling things onto the ark, that doesn't mean bugs and snakes. It means elves. That seems kind of a leap. But yeah, definitely a leap. <laughs> It's a it's a very weird movie, and I just I do want to share just one nice thing about the uh, the lead actress of this movie. Her name is Julie Austin, and okay. in 2011, after my friends and I had our annual viewing of this, we we're just like, "What is Julie Austin up to now?" So we Googled her, and uh, God damn it, if we didn't find her email address, like, oh immediately. no. So we sent her an email just being like, hey, just want to let you know, I don't, you know, I don't know if you ever think about this movie you made 30 years ago, but <laughs> oh it's God. become a, a tradition for us, and we watch it every year. And uh, on Christmas Eve at like 1 a.m., she emails back. Oh, my God. Hi, Jacob. Not strange at all. Thanks for the email. 
Shooting elves was one of the most magical times of my life. We shot it in Colorado <laughs> Springs in the summer and turned downtown into a Christmas scene. I'm still in touch with Dan Haggerty and the director, Jeff Mandel. This was before Dan Haggerty sadly passed away. I, would, I figured. Both were wonderful to work with, and the production company treated us like royalty. I've since moved to the other side of the camera as a writer and working in development, but now I make my living as a business owner. Slightly more stable than the entertainment business. Glad you enjoy the movie and hope you have a Merry Christmas. Best, Julie Austin, a.k.a. Kirsten. Aww. Yeah, so that's just that's that's a actually nice really moment sweet. I have. And uh, I've saved Aww. that email for, I guess, eight years now. Jesus. I would, I would print that out and frame it. That's like, <laughs> that's like really, that's really cute. That's yeah. nice. So, you know, that's, that's partially I'm why surprised she didn't respond with, how the hell did you find my email? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Who she, is uh, this? She sells fancy water bottles now. So that's Really? Her, that's her business. Interesting. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll buy a water bottle. Who knows? Unless they're too expensive. Uh, okay, so that's Elves. Um, I don't think it's available anywhere. Is it? It's uh, it's on YouTube. Yeah, YouTube provides. <laughs> yeah, so usual. it's not it's, it's not legally available anywhere. Like I said, I bought a bootleg. So yeah, yeah, and I watched it on a YouTube link that you sent to me. Uh, <laughs> so this brings us to a more recent film, actually, uh, mm-hmm. Anna and the Apocalypse, which I didn't know was supposed to be a musical at first. Really? Um, yeah, I had heard people say, "Yeah, there's songs in it," but I didn't know it was a full blown musical uh this came out in 2017 made the festival circuit uh in 2018 uh, and it's currently streaming on hulu uh it's basically uh takes place in a little small town in england and a zombie apocalypse happens during christmas times and there's lots of singing and dancing and killing of zombies with a lot of cool gore uh i had never seen this before about oh i don't know an hour and a half ago and had you ever seen this I had not. I had not. This was my okay. first time. I had heard a lot of great things about it, and so I, you know, I finally decided to check it out. And uh, I like it. It's it's, it's fun. Not great. I think it got a little overhyped for me, but uh, well, uh, I, I enjoyed the, it. That's the curse of the festival circuit, my yeah. friend. Uh, everything gets overhyped and overblown when it and plays the fests. What did, what did you think about Anna and or her apocalypse? <laughs> and, and or the apocalypse. Uh, I liked it. Uh, it's 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 fun. It's it's really fun zombie movie. Uh, it's basically um, I don't know how to how to how to describe it. I, so it's essentially what if Shaun of the Dead was also a musical? Yeah, and I honestly I think the most successful aspects of this movie are the character work and honestly the musical parts. Yes, uh, the zombie stuff is all kind of just like. We've seen it it's before. It's exactly the low-budget zombie comedy stuff you see yeah. every nerdy director try and do when they're making a low-budget zombie comedy. Yeah. And uh, it's all fine. I wish there was more to it. I wish maybe they had picked a less overdone monster by you know, 2017. Yeah. We've had a good 10, 15 years of a zombie boom. And I don't know. It's not I going just, away anytime soon. I get kind of tired of zombies when they're not... George Romero movies. That's fair, but uh, um, but I loved the music and like music's I said, great. Those the, songs are catchy as hell. Yeah, and I think they they honestly they did all of the hardest parts the best. Yeah, the music was great. I think a lot of the character stuff was really good. I really felt for these kids. I really felt for. I thought the acting was fantastic, and uh, it's a cute, fun time. Um, I love musicals Same. more than I love zombie movies, actually. So. 
Same. I don't know. If you like zombie movies more than you like musicals, maybe you'll have the opposite opinion. I, I've seen a, a few letterbox reviews of people who got angry when they found out it was a musical, which <laughs> I can't even imagine. You know? Uh, actually, I have a really good story about that. I remember going to opening night of Sweeney Todd. And <laughs> okay. half the audience walked out because they didn't know it was a musical and they were very loud and angry about it. What's wrong with people? And then meanwhile, uh, me and a couple of other people just stuck around and were like, yeah, this is great. <laughs> we like Steven Sondheim. Give us more. Uh, I had yeah. almost the exact opposite experience in that I took my family. We, my family was going to New York and we wanted to see a Broadway play. And okay. they let me pick. And I picked a performance of Sweeney Todd. And so they Ooh. all went expecting a musical, not knowing really the premise of Sweeney Todd. <laughs> so it was more the horror aspects that they were shocked and kind of turned off by. So they didn't realize that. Did they just see the name Sweeney Todd and not the underlined uh, the Demon Barber of Fleet Street? Well, I mean, you know, that's not like the most explicit thing. And it was a it was an interesting production too. It was the one where um, all was the it the one with Patty Lapone? Yes, with Patty Lapone and all the yes. performers played their instruments on mm-hmm. stage. There was mm-hmm. no pit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. It was good. It was. Yeah. I, I had a great time. My, uh, you know, my aunt and mom and sister, maybe less so. But uh, musical nerd. Side note: uh, They did like a few Sondheim productions like that, where people mm-hmm. would play their own instruments and uh, good stuff. Yeah, uh, very good stuff. Uh, yeah, I like. That's another thing. I like Sweeney Todd. I think it's fun. It's uh, also had the same theater reaction when I saw Into the Woods, where half the audience walked out because for <laughs> some reason they didn't know that was a musical either. I just even though the trailers are, advertised it as the musical event. Musicals are so good. Yeah, they're pretty good. Uh, I hope this happens with cats. <laughs> I hope I people want to see the cat. I movie. just came to see some cats. They think what it's the a sequel to like singing. They think it's like a sequel or prequel to Puss in Boots, and uh, <laughs> this is what they're gonna get. Oh well. Um, yeah, you have fun seeing cats. That's a that's a horror movie, right? Uh, and, <laughs> probably. Uh, okay. Next up is Puka. Which uh, is an episode, it's a 90-minute episode of, uh, there's a Hulu series called Into the Dark. Bloomhouse produces it. They get a whole bunch of uh, horror directors to like make different uh, different films. This movie, I can never pronounce his last name, uh, is, it's directed by Nacho Vigla, Vig, Vigla, Vigalondo. Yeah, that, sh- that makes sense. Uh, he directed Colossal with... Um, oh, he directed Colossal with Anne Hathaway and Jason Sudeikis. Holy cow, uh, I love that movie. Yeah, uh, I still haven't seen it, but I heard it's good. Uh, he did a movie called Time Crimes, which I love the title of. And he also did this uh, episode called Puka, where... Uh, you haven't seen this? I have not seen this Okay, yet. I'm not going to spoil this because it's got an insane third act that you have to see to believe. And, okay, this unemployed actor moves to a new town he gets a job at like a uh, department store dressing up as puka which is basically a six foot tall furby and he gets inside the furry suit and he you know dances for the kids and everything goes downhill from there basically uh it's really twisted uh the writing is really clever the lead actor uh is uh is is, is great i believe his name is uh nayasha uh, hatendi he's pretty mm-hmm. damn good uh, he was actually in. Um, he was in that movie Replicas. Okay. Keanu Reeves. He was also in The Ghost Rider with uh, Ewan McGregor and Pierce Brosnan years ago. Uh, really good movie. This movie's good, and a lot of people don't like it for whatever reason. I thought it was terrific, and it's going to become a staple of like my holiday horror viewing. Uh, highly recommend this. Excellent. I, I can't wait to see it. Yeah, if you have Hulu, it's on there. Check it out. 
Um, this brings us to Krampus. 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 Uh, a movie I have not seen since opening night. Oh, in really? The th- in the theater. Um, basically, I ran out of time watching movies for this episode, and it came down between revisiting this or watching Anna for the first time. Mm-hmm. So I went with Anna because I've already seen Krampus. Um, what you what you what do you think of Krampus? I so I, I actually I rewatched Krampus uh, just last night, and uh, okay. honestly, this was my favorite watch of it. I okay. um, I enjoyed it both in the theater and the first time I revisited it after mm-hmm. I bought the Blu-ray. But I don't know; it always felt like there was something maybe kind of missing, or maybe my expectations were just a little shifted. But this time, I really kind of fell under the spell of Krampus. I really enjoyed it. Um, I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, you at least kind of have a general sense of Krampus. He's um, the he's the European Christmas demon. Yeah, and yeah, he uh, so eats Mike, <laughs> Mike Doherty and his you know quest to make the iconic horror film for every holiday followed mm-hmm. up trick or treat with a uh, good old Krampus. I cannot wait to see what his Easter horror film ends up being. Give it to me now. <laughs> I'm surprised Godzilla didn't take place at least during some, like, you know, Thanksgiving or something. It had an egg. It's fine. That's his Easter movie. It had an oh, egg. man. <laughs> it had a moth egg. Yeah. Great. <laughs> but, but yeah, it, uh, it's, it, it starts off as kind of a, uh, you know, a family Christmas comedy, dramedy situation. Yeah. Honestly, I, the, I think that stuff works really well. I think the first act of this movie is really fantastic. And... I think, honestly, when the horror picks up a little, it almost loses a little something because we start losing characters really fast. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I want to see more of those characters acting together, and yeah. we keep losing them. But I like that it's it's a high-stakes movie. I like mm-hmm. that it's PG-13 because that means it's really going to fuck some kids up. Yeah, that's what like, I like to hear. Because it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a harsh movie. It, it doesn't really oh, yeah. take any prisoners. It, uh, you know, it's... Very willing to kill off kids early and often. That's 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 a thing that endears me to a horror film. It's probably why I love the eighties blob so much. Yes. And movie, uh, if a horror movie kills kids in a clever way, yeah, okay. Give it to me. It's got an amazing cast. Uh, we got, you know, Adam Scott, David Keckner, and Tony Collette. Which Yeah. That's a that's a trio made in heaven. That's great. Yeah. Um Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Uh they uh I think it's at its most fun near the end when they start to bring out the Krampus's helpers, and there's yes, that, that a lengthy, stuff's really fun. There's a lengthy battle sequence between a the uh, the the toys that are in the toy bag upstairs. So there's like an evil bear. There's an evil you know Jack in the Box worm thing that's genuinely pretty horrific and a robot. Yes. And then downstairs there's the goofier, like more openly comedic. Uh, gingerbread men who are alive yes. trying to fight David Koechner. <laughs> that stuff's it's a lot pretty of fun. fun. Yeah, there's a uh, there's a great animated uh, flashback to show how the grandmother first faced off against the Krampus. Yes, it's a uh, it's a lot of fun, and I, it's really it's really Christmas heavy, which is good. I like that. I don't love when a Christmas movie you know just like sneezes at Christmas and then like goes and does its own thing. Like yeah. this movie. You can't possibly strip Christmas out of it. It's a uh, it's a really good time. I, I think it's I think it's a, a great Christmas classic. Yeah, I got to revisit this before uh, Christmas rolls around. Uh, when I first saw it in theaters, I wasn't a huge fan, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm hoping to like it a lot more. Yeah, I, this I time think around, tailoring I, and I think I will. 
Yeah. This I thing think, was really hyped up when it came out. Yeah, and it's very much a slow build. Yeah. And I think the fact that you have trailers showing Krampus's helpers, you have, you know, as the movie unfolds, you, you're just getting hints of what the Krampus is. Yeah. You're getting hints of what the terror is. And I think if you were to go into this movie completely blind, it would be an absolute hoot. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just kind of unfortunate that it's just, that's that's a hard thing to ask of an audience nowadays. Most definitely. So... So now this brings us to one of my favorite Christmas horror movies. And one of your favorite movies ever. Of all time, baby. Of all time. It's your number two, right? Yep, my number two favorite movie of all time. Okay. What is it? It's Gremlins, baby. Hell yeah. Yeah. This movie is great. Uh, and it's as old as I am. Take it away, Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I, we don't have to do a plot synopsis of gremlins of all goddamn things you've seen it um gremlins i honestly think is joe dante's masterpiece i know the pendulum has kind of swung back and forth between gremlins one and gremlins two i know initially gremlins one was better for you know better regarded and then as people kind of realized the greatness of gremlins two i think that pendulum has definitely swung in that direction and i I think that's where it is now Gremlins 2 rules. I do not want to understate that Gremlins 2 is absolutely great. But Gremlins 1, I think, does the most masterful tonal balance of any movie I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. It is a perfectly structured five acts where every act is a completely different genre. And the movie just completely changes gears every time that there's a major plot switch. And I love that about it. You start off with this... It's You start off just as a Christmas movie. You know, you, you open to Darlene Loves Christmas, baby. Please come yeah. home. And you just get this small town. It starts wonderful. out as like... as It starts out like it's a wonderful life. Yeah. Basically. And, and there's just so... And it's already hilarious. Uh, you know, Mrs. Deagle coming into the bank and just threatening Barney the dog. And, you know, she talks about... She, if she ever catches him, she's going to throw him in the dryer and put him on spin dry on high heat. Yeah, she's the cut, worst. It she cuts to a man worst. who just goes, that'd do it, all right? Yeah. <laughs> That's like my favorite joke in the movie. It's so good. And then it, it transitions into the Spielbergy man and his, you know, alien or, you know, whatever friend. His and Gizmo. Kind of, yeah, and Gizmo. And we all love Gizmo. And it's, and it's heartwarming. And then it transitions again into a genuine, straight-up horror flick. Mm-hmm. And I think what the most underrated scene in the movie, and I think maybe one of the most underrated scenes in Dante's entire filmography, is Billy's mom versus the gremlins in the kitchen. It's awesome. It is a... It's like so badass. It is a ten-minute just sequence where the movie switches protagonists, and it's all her movie, and she is just... Wrecking so cool. Yes. Defending her family and just taking out gremlins like it is no problem. And I love it so much. It's great. I love this movie. And uh, you recently attempted to see this in 4DX. I did. And First off, what the hell is 4DX? So 4DX <laughs> is uh, it's essentially William Castle in 2019. Okay. <laughs> your, uh, your seats move along with the movie, which is okay. something that's been around for a while. Um, Since uh, The Tangler. 
<laughs> I uh, I actually I there's it's had a couple of different names. Uh, I saw the Avengers where my seats moved back in okay. 2012. Okay, that, that, that was that was called D Box. Yes, right? D Box. Yes. And uh, for whatever reason, the rural theater in Pennsylvania by my mom's house was like the first adopter of the D Box. So Weird. we've been we've been D Boxing forever. <laughs> but uh, in addition to the the seat movement, it also does things like spray you in the face with a mist, pumps Ugh. smells into the theater. To, John Waters would love this. <laughs> it's it's so good. They uh, there's a uh, it'll it'll blow fake snow when it's snowing. It'll fill the theater with mist and fog when it's foggy. And uh, you know, with jo- with Dante being the man who directed Matinee, which is kind of the ode to William Castle, I thought. Mm-hmm. There is no better movie that I could see than Gremlins in this wonderful format. Other than Matinee, maybe. <laughs> yeah, other than Matinee. Which, but even that, you know, there, there's Mant would be great, but the rest of Matinee is pretty sedate. True, true. But, I um, love that movie. Unfortunately, it uh, it just wasn't working that night. Uh, it was the I went the first night that it was supposed to be happening, and like at first. I was like, oh, seats are moving weird, but it turned out it was just people kicking the seat. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, when uh, the um, the bathroom buddy sprays the guy with the toothpaste, I was like, oh, I kind of was expecting to get sprayed with something. Real then, quick, real yeah. quick, can we talk about the inventions and how amazing they are? Yes. So The, oh the bathroom God. buddy. The bathroom buddy is so I good. love... I love it. It's it's just basically this giant Swiss Army knife of like bathroom materials, and it has the most disgusting looking toothpaste I've ever seen <laughs> in a movie or real life. Yes, uh, this guy. Uh, he's please. It's his father. Yep, William Randall Peltzer, Red, William played Peltzer. by great country artist Hoyt Axton. Yep, love him, love him. Uh, and holy shit, I love his inventions They're so, so much. Good. They're so good, but so bad. Yes, uh, the, the the gimmick is that he is a he is not a great inventor, and none of his inventions work. Which is also a nice kind of seeding of the idea of gremlins being this force yes. that you know disrupts technology, and they're coming to this house where technology has disrupted itself. It's, yes, they're, they're a force of chaos entering an already chaotic world. I love the the bathroom buddy. I love that juicer that just the- like. <laughs> oozes orange pulp for some reason. It's disgusting. Uh, I, that's that's a lot of juice coming out of one orange. There is. And I, I love there. <laughs> so the background of like every seeing this theatrically really got me to appreciate just how great the set design was in this movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, every ounce of the frame in the Peltzer house is always filled with just like great inventions that you can't even like see barely. My my favorite is just there's an artichoke that has a bunch of like electrodes plugged into it and it's just yes. slowly moving on the counter for no reason. <laughs> it's your mobile artichoke. Everyone wants that. Yeah. Grandmas love it. Uh, I think yeah. I think honestly the um the inventions are one of the reasons why I think I, I like the first gremlins a little more than the second is that mm. because they have time to breathe, because Gremlins two is joke a minute, all wacky, all it crazy. It just goes for it. Yes. But every time I, so I've shown Gremlins to my friends. I, I used to have a party where we would watch it every year, and we, nice. we did that for ten years in a row. And there would always be new people, and being able to watch Gremlins with an audience seeing it for the first time, mm-hmm. you recognize just how well those invention jokes work. Like oh, yeah. when it first cuts to the orange juice machine, and there is just a giant laugh because we already have been primed to know that you know what's going to. This happen. is not going to end well. No. 
This is a bad juicer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, surprisingly, when I uh, when I saw Gremlins at, in the 4DX theater, uh, the one of the biggest laughs a lady in the front of the theater had was at the very end of the movie when um, the guy who who has Gizmo comes to the door and he uh, he has an he has an ashless a smokeless, smokeless ashtray ash yes. that he got from the guy in the gas station. Yes. This lady just died laughing at that <laughs> line. Which, it was, it was an odd moment, but I, I really appreciated it. My grandfather used to have a smokeless ashtray, and it was like the weirdest thing. It, you'd, you'd turn it on, and there was like a fan inside. It was very loud mm-hmm. and uh, really not worth worth it. But it was cool. Matt, yeah. Matt, what are, your, what are your favorite moments of Gremlins? What, do you, what, do you, what are the scenes that really stick out to you? Uh, Jesus, the attack on uh, the, the, the woman. I forget her name. Deagle? Yes. When she, oh, yes. When she flies out <laughs> her window... Uh, it's like a cheer moment. Like every time I'm like, yeah, uh, I love that. Uh, I love the, the invention convention that his dad goes to. I love Robbie the robot, like talking nonsense (laughs) behind him. I love, I love how Joe Dante clearly just went to, uh, the vault Mm -hmm. at the studio and was like, yeah, get me all the props from every old sci-fi movie. And it's going to be at the invention convention. Do you notice... uh, did you notice the time machine? Yes. From the time machine? Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> and then it, it, it disappears in yes, between cuts. Because the guy, in, at the, the guy invented a time machine. Uh, basically, yeah, I love the whole side story of, like, I like the side movie of the dad off on his, I guess that's what it's called. It's the invention convention, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, that stuff's great. I love, like I said, like you said before, the, the mom defending the house is amazing. I love the terribly bleak... Uh, Phoebe Cates story about her father Spielberg uh, wanted to cut that uh, so badly and Dante fought for it so good, hard good Dante's yeah. the smart person here um, yeah I love that I love the movie theater I love uh, the bar mm-hmm. I love the gremlins <laughs> the gremlins are fun the, the gremlins are fun I think. and they look great they yes. still look great they they do they're they they're convincing uh, and believable and they feel like characters I'm and guessing... I think one of the oh. genius things is so they essentially they filmed all of all of like the first round of filming was all of the actor stuff. Yeah. And then they wrapped that and then just went into like six straight weeks of Gremlins photography. Yeah. And I think because of that the tone of the movie shifted as they were filming. Yeah. And because they were filming the Gremlin stuff kind of in, you know, chronological order that it appears in the movie. You can see how the movie is shifting as they're making it yeah. in a way that you don't get, I think, a lot of times now where if a movie starts changing, you know, kind of concepts or tones, it's interspersed throughout the movie. It just feels uneven. It feels nonsensical. But this is kind of a steady descent into madness. Mm-hmm. And they talk about the um, they realized at one moment that. It's funny if you put the gremlins in human clothes. Yes, it's hilarious. And then all of a sudden, they started doing that for every shot. And all of a sudden, every gremlin was going to be clothed in human clothes. And all Damn of a sudden, right. now the gremlins all have human personalities. And that that bar sequence is just pure anarchy. It's awesome. It's so beautiful. There's... Oh, I didn't even shout out uh, Dick Miller. Amazing here. Oh, my God. Mr. Damn. Futterman. Damn foreign machines. <laughs> <laughs> 
Good a character Lord. who's clearly written to be way less lovable than he performed him as. Yeah, but it's Dick Miller. You can't help but love him. I know. Yeah, come but- on. I even love him when he's the gun shop owner in Terminator. Like, he's... <laughs> come on. Yeah. You, you get the sense that, you know, he was supposed to be kind of like Mrs. Deagle, where he, you know, yeah. he's a xenophobe, he, and it's like... But then oh, they yeah. realize we have two... We have already have one human villain. We can't... Yeah. Can't have another one. But, uh... And, so they, they dub in an interview with him over the radio so that yes. we know he survives. Yes, yes. Uh, love that. Um, uh, I'm guessing they showed at the theater, they showed the new restoration that they did? I I don't believe so. Okay. It didn't look like the new 4K restoration that okay, I, I hear it's undergone. That's what I watched, and I was worried putting that disc in because sometimes when you get a, like a 4K restoration of an older film mm-hmm. that's practical effect heavy... Yeah, they look really fake. Like yeah. they don't they don't hold up. Somehow these gremlins look better than they ever have, and they look more real realistic and like lifelike. Yeah, it's it's amazing. It's an um, they did an amazing job uh, with this. Uh, if you can pick it up at any time, please do. It's a great release. Uh, they did a terrific job. Uh, this movie owns. It's, yeah, it's it's like it's like one of the best Christmas movies. Uh, it's not my favorite Christmas movie, but it's up there. Do you know about the original plan for Gizmo? Um, no. So, up until pretty far into pre-production, they had already built the Gizmo puppets. Okay. The plan was that Gizmo was going to become Stripe. Oh, I don't like that at all. We were going to lose Gizmo halfway no. through the movie. Which, if no. you watch Gremlins now... Other than the end, sense. where they, they have some kind of, you know, some car stunts and reshoot stuff, Gizmo doesn't really do anything no. once the gremlins pop up. He just kind of rides around in Billy's backpack. And uh, Spielberg was the guy who, who came and he said, guys, you know, l- look, you have something with Gizmo. Yeah. You cannot rob the audience of Gizmo. <laughs> yeah, what's wrong with you? I, Joe, Joe, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, so, so they did listen to him there. Uh, they did not listen to him when it, when it came to cutting Phoebe Cates' speech, which they, they, they say that he, you know, he was, he was a good producer and that he well, would, you know, he would make his views known, but yeah. if the director decided something, he would back them up against the studio. And he, he, his fingerprints are all over this, even though it is a very Joe Dante film. Yes, it's very much a kind of a synthesis of the two of their styles yeah. in a way that I think is really appealing and really fun. And I was looking into this. Originally, uh, they were going to hire Tim Burton to direct this. That would be interesting. It was supposed to be Tim Burton's feature debut, but then you know Spielberg kind of like had second thoughts. He's like, I don't know if this young guy can handle all these effects on his first feature. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know... Let's let's go with Joe. I know Joe. He can do it. And then you know, hey, that that that's how we got Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Yeah, Tim yeah, Burton. So. Which uh, bless him for that. <laughs> I I just I love how invested this film is, even in kind of in the setting is very much kind of a thematic idea of this mm-hmm. idea of the contrast between this like looking back and then the gremlins as this force of change like yeah deagle's a villain because she's trying to tear down historic dory's tavern mr she, potter she's mr yes. potter and you know there it's very much an idea of like preservation you know we want to we want to keep this small town charm and the, here, mm. are the, here are these agents of chaos here are these agents of modernity and the thing that kills them is that they love Snow White. Yes. <laughs> Which, 
I, I, I have to say, you know, what are they doing? They're watching Snow White, and they love it. It's got to be do. one of my favorite lines. It's so good. It's wonderful. Uh, just like the entirety of Gremlins yes. is wonderful. Um, don't worry, folks. Down the line, we're going to talk about Gremlins 2. It's uh, yeah, also a masterpiece. I, I really cannot it's emphasize gonna, enough. It's going to happen. Also we, a masterpiece. We're going to do an entire episode on Gremlins 2. I just put that out there. That might, might or might, may not happen. <laughs> uh, but hey, that brings us to the end of uh, our first episode of the Holiday Horror Series. Ho, ho, ho. Ho, 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 bitches. Um, before we go, plugs. Jacob, where can the fine people find you on the internets? Well, people can find me on the internet on uh, both Twitter and Letterboxd as Jacob underscore DeNoble. Uh, right now, my Twitter name is Jacob D. Noel, which is such Aww. a subtle Christmas name. I don't think anyone ever notices it because it's just taking the B out of my last name. But I didn't. <laughs> yeah. So I, I've been tweeting at it with it all month and nobody ever comments on it. So if you, if you notice it, you know, just shoot me a little winky face emoji. Sure, I will. Uh, as for me, you can find me on Twitter at the Real Matt C. Uh, much like Jacob, I also have a, a Christmas themed name. Mine right now is the Xmas Matt C, which is you know really stupid and uh, was easy to, <laughs> easy easy to come up with because you know I'm boring like that. Uh, you can also find me over at Talk from Society from time to time, where I am the editor at large and I do write when the inspiration strikes. Um, keep an eye over there for my uh, best of the year list coming soon as well as th my best of the decade list coming soon that's been a lot of work putting that thing together wow. and I'm going to want to kill myself by the end of it but you know what, it'll be worth it and there'll be some fun surprises on that list I guarantee it uh, I guess this brings us to the end you will f hear us next time talking about our favorite Christmas slasher movies can't wait uh, uh, so obviously we're going to touch on the big ones like Silent Night, Deadly Night, uh, the granddaddy of all Christmas slashers, Black Christmas. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a very fun time. I can't wait. I know you're excited. Very. Uh, I know the listeners are excited. I can hear them through the through the wires right now. Uh, so until next time, ho, 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 Merry <laughs> Christmas and... Don't be out. naughty. Don't yeah, be naughty. Yeah, yeah naughty freaks. <laughs> Punish. Yeah, that's a thing you'll you'll know next week. Uh, yeah, bye-bye. See ya. From coast to coast, come on, come on, you ghouls and ghosts, when you hear the call. Ride your broomsticks, creep or call, but come. <laughs> Enjoy. The monster, Christmas smash. The monster, Christmas smash. The monster, Christmas smash. It's a horrible, it's adorable. It's a doozy. What a bash. Gonna crash! What a monster! Bubble mash! It's so frightful! It's delightful! We have fresh formaldehyde cocktails served by skeleton crew. Dead bones with lots of bodies and vicious scary Christmas to you and you and you and you. At the monster Christmas bash! The monster.